0: This is my own private domicile and I will not be harassed, bitch! Gangsters, what's up guys? What's
1: the grant <coughs> to a motherfucker like me, can you please remind me? Get
0: the world by the tail! Fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. <coughs> you know, Make some noise! Well,
2: I'm here.
1: I'm cute as shit.
2: Oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, skip, skip, skip! If you don't
1: chew Big Red, then... F- you. That's so horny. you naked in the shower with your clothes on.
2: Could you imagine if I hit the old water pipe with that thing? Oh. Three cash,
1: homie.
0: three, two, one, let's fuck! Everybody's got to hear the shit on W-Boss, W-Boss, W-Boss. Welcome back to another episode of Do Not Listen to This Podcast. I'm your host, Sam LaCrosse, and this is a very, very special interview for a couple of reasons. One, it's the day after Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday, so everyone else is out shopping. So I have found something relatively stable and non threatening to do in the middle of today. And that is also leading into my second thing, very, very important type of thing, a different intro than we're usually doing today because I am in person for this interview for the first time ever, first, first in-person interview, and I wouldn't want to have with any other people then... My grandparents, Lil and Larry LaCrosse, who are now, I am actually in Ohio for this recording of this podcast now, so kind of just a really interesting dynamic. My first non-Austin recorded podcast thing I've ever done in probably about a year or so, so it's been very, very interesting. And I want to talk to these guys for uh, a multiple of reasons. One, because they're my grandparents and I love them very much, and they've taught me a lot about life, a lot about everything in terms of what we're going to talk about a lot today, which is kind of why I wanted to interview them first. But I'll let them introduce yourself first, So, and we'll see, I guess, if the mics actually do work when you guys do this. So, Grandma, if you want to introduce yourself first.
2: Sure, I am. My name is Lillian LaCrosse, and I am Sam's grandmother.
1: Grandpa, you want to go next? My name is Samuel LaCrosse. I'm Sam's grandfather. I was born in 1939 in Allure, Ohio, which is where we are right now, going full <laughs> circle. <laughs>
0: Very interesting. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys sitting down doing this. I know we had the whole conversation, like, what is a podcast? Like, what is this going to be like, everything else? So I'm glad you guys were able to to do this thing. This is going to be a lot of fun. And so the reason why I wanted to kind of do this to you guys in the first place is that I, I sent over, and I, I apologize, it was kind of a lot to send over in a text, but I sent over basically like one of the biggest things that I think I've noticed in the last couple of things, one of the most you know quotes that I've really you know centered around the last couple of years, a guy named Douglas Murray, who's an author who I really, really enjoy, and he said, you know, the best way to find meaning is where you found it before. And I think that's a good answer for a lot of different things. And so I think the most natural thing for us as humans a lot of the time is to find meaning from where people have taught us it before. So basically, you know, your parents, your grandparents, your family, all that kind of stuff. And obviously, you know, I grew up probably not even... 10 minutes away from your guys' house for, like, a lot of the time growing up. I mean, I was over your guys' house all the time. You guys are over our house all the time, a lot of everything else. And so I think that that was, looking back on it, it was one of the biggest luxuries I probably had in my entire life in a lot of ways where I kind of had just – a lot of people who I could go to for a lot of different things and kind of, you know, just talk with and learn about things and just e- even have fun over your guys' house and everything. And so I realized, especially when I went out to college, and obviously I went down to Columbus for college, and I went to Boston for co- or for a little bit, and I lived down in Texas now, a lot of people just don't have that in a lot of ways. Like, I never really realized how rare of a commodity that was in a lot of ways for people to have, like, their family very accessible to them. And I think because of that, a lot of people – that's why I wanted to interview you guys, because a lot of people from – my generation don't really talk to their elders, or that be their parents, their grandparents in a lot of different ways, which I think is a very, very big mistake because you guys are a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience and a lot of other different things. And I think you know cutting that off from yourself is a very unwise thing to do in a lot of ways. So where I wanted to start out with was that just kind of this whole I wrote a book about values, you guys read it, or kind of working your way through it, you guys were very supportive throughout the whole process. And so a big conversation in our family, especially in my family and, you know, you guys being taught a lot of the ways on my mom's side, you guys are my dad's parents or so your guys, especially, but about, you know, your values and everything else kind of, that was a big part of like our family's ethos and everything, talking about all those things. So where I know like my values came from my parents in a lot of ways, and their values came from a bunch of different things. So like, and I know they learned a lot of that stuff from you guys. So like, Where did your values come from? Like, did they come from your parents or grandparents primarily, and they passed it down to you guys? Did they come from like seeing things go on in the world? And and how did you really know what values to go by when you guys were growing up and when you wanted to start a family or get married or do all those other type of things? Do you know if there was like a specific point of that for you, or where did those kind of come from?
2: Well, for me, my values started naturally with from my parents, and my parents had a good bond. They were farmers, and so everything kind of always was based around the farm. What we, When we hoed in the fields, we did everything together in the field, hoeing, and my father would play guessing games to take the boredom out of, of hoeing field after field, which each field was like 20 acres. Oh, my gosh. So took a long time. My mother would at bring at noon time she would make sandwiches and bring them out to the field and we'd all sit down and you know have a lunch. So that always continued and um uh, a lot of values came from my faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then values also came from my grandparents too. Uh, both of my parents were of the same um, heritage they were both um uh, which at that time was Czechoslovakia um so both of them had come all of them from Czechoslovakia at different ages uh married in this country, and they also were farmers. It wasn't easy, you know it takes a lot of money to buy land and whatever, so there was a lot of struggles even for my parents when they bought theirs. And um, so, yeah, I I was lucky. We all worked hard, but they had great values to keep hanging in there and keep growing, um, working more than one job at one time. Usually they all held jobs besides doing farming. So, um Yeah. That was where I took my values from.
1: Well, mine's pretty close to a lot of what Lil said. Uh, I got a lot of values from Mom and Dad, some good, some maybe not so good, but there was other things in life that taught me values. Uh, we were growing up in the Prussian area very young age and soon after that we learned how to how to do things to make money and I think that has a lot to do with the values you have later in life because you uh, uh, learn from struggles and how to make values so late in, or early in my life I found ways to make money. I mowed lawns and raked leaves and did snow things and shoveled driveways and stuff. Then, after I got into some of that, I went out and I started caddying uh, for people that had money, and I learned some values from them, uh, plus the values I learned while I was making money and Then after that, I, I learned how to do papers, sell papers, and, and at times, I uh, went down to the bowling alley and set pins at Lurie Bowling Center on Broad Street. That didn't last too long because it was very competitive. You didn't have a lot of kids that—you had a lot of kids for a lot less jobs. So. I stuck more or less with the paper route, and uh, then, as I was growing up, I, uh, after I got my driver's license, I, I learned to go out and work as a handyman, cutting lawns and doing odd things around, and I worked like that for a doctor, uh, a dentist doctor, for a long time. And, of course, he taught me some values because he had them. But, you know, all in all, uh, values come from how you were treated from a baby. And uh, and I was treated good.
0: Yeah, I remember, you know, that was the one thing I think that... You know, it's been a lot of a lot of good stuff throughout our family. Is that you know, no one really talks bad about their parents in in a lot of ways, which is very, again, a very very rare thing. I think I found out from a lot of other things. So okay. it's good that, you know, you you know, you guys had very very respectful and really good relationships with both your parents. And I you know knew them for a bit. Obviously, they they passed when I was kind of growing up. And but you guys obviously knew them for the bulk of your lives, and so they seemed like very very nice people. And my parents always spoke very very highly of them. But Graham, I wanted to touch about like what you said a little bit earlier, you said about, you know, your religious faith and everything like that. So like what, you know, do you, a lot, I think this is a really interesting topic now because so much of our society and like my generation, I think especially, has gone really, really secular. They've gone away from religion in a lot of ways, especially Mm -hmm. from a lot of more organized, traditional religious aspects and stuff like that. And it's, it's changed a lot, but, How important is religion to you guys in your life? Because I know you know we were all raised Catholic. You guys were very very strong. You know you went to church for a very very long time. All that other thing. You still you you still cite it all the time. You watch it on TV. You do a bunch of other things. So like I know it's probably changed a lot. But like, what is your like? How much? How important was your religion? What's your opinion on it now? Like, what is what is its presence in your life right now?
2: Well, religion has changed uh, over the years. Number one, there was. A lot of abuse in the churches by ministers by priests which changed the trust of people going to church because of that happening so there's a lot changed in the last few years um, in the churches and that's not just the Catholic Church Right, and um, People have fallen away from church. I am now seeing where um, they have all dropped. Instead of going to a particular uh, church that is governed by a particular faith, they are going to non-Christian churches. And they're not non-Christian, but uh what do they call that? Just a Christian church. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I you. And
2: that's what they are more going to um, because they don't trust uh, because of what's happened with the ministers and priests' behaviors that they've kind of fallen away from their. Controlled faiths of way back to go into Christian churches that are not bound to any of that. Mm-hmm. So, as far as my own personal faith, I don't need a church to have faith. The faith is in me, and um, I look to my faith in God all the time. I pray to Uh, god blessed mother for help or for others in the family that need help and so i rely on that for my strength a lot of times
0: Mm -hmm. yeah because i mean you've had like just i'm mean, just you know not to get into specifics but like all your your health complications you've had recently i mean you've had a a pretty rough go of it in some cases so i mean it's like you need something like bigger to kind of anchor to all that all that sort of thing so that makes that makes total sense what about you grandpa
1: well, early in childhood, uh, mom and dad started me out at Gate School. But by the, uh, well, I think it was around uh, second grade, I didn't do exceptionally well there, and I think mom and dad uh, thought at that time it might be a good idea to go to a Catholic school, so I went to St. Agnes school, and uh, I I stayed there till about uh, the fifth grade, and then I went to a a public school. I think the public schools offered more, but I think the discipline was higher in the Catholic school than in the public school. But I think in that time there was a lot of unsettled times for kids growing up. Uh, we didn't we didn't have the uh, high tech society at that time, and uh, so moving from school to school probably was what everybody did. I don't know, but. Uh, After the junior high, then mom and dad enrolled me into a Catholic high school, which I stayed there for the four years. And uh, as far as religion goes, uh, I think if you treat people with respect, uh, that's what life is about. I don't think you have to have religion to do that. I think it's, uh, you learn it growing up. And, uh, so mom and dad, they treated people right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I guess I learned that from them, too.
0: Yeah. I think that's the one, the one thing about, you know, people people you know being if they're truly like you know faithful in religion no matter really what kind of denomination or whatever that is I mean that's kind of the 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 floor of a lot of the other ones is to treat people nice treat people with respect all those other type of things and I think that you know in in that kind of vein it's not the same thing but it's kind of a a different thing so you guys you guys got married very very young like especially from today's standards very especially for you grandpa because because there's there's four years difference between you you guys right yes. in age okay mm-hmm. so and you know you guys got married really really young and now i think you know people are just saying like they're deferring everything that i think gave a lot of people meaning in the past farther down for for a lot of reasons and for some of them i think are legitimate reasons like you know we you know money maybe like other things and like job security those type of things so like i think like for it's interesting to talk about this now for you guys and i know we've talked about it a couple times before but like why did you guys decide to get married when you did? And because I said you guys were very, you were, I think 20 and grandpa was 24. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you guys were very, very young and you know, you didn't have, you know, quote unquote, a lot of life experience, like everything else, but you decided to to do it anyway. So I I always find that very, very curious. So at that time, what made you guys decide to say like, you know, maybe people were, I don't know if people were like telling you, maybe you should wait a little bit or should do this, but you guys decided to do it anyway, so why? Why was that? Like, why did you guys decide to make that decision when you did to get married to one another? When you guys did,
2: my parents never said anything about that I could or could not. Okay. When um, Larry had asked me, um, Samuel—he's he, going by Samuel here today. <laughs> His middle name is Larry and goes a lot by Larry.
0: Well, we, we, we can put we can put both in the description. Some people people knows
2: maybe there's an yeah. imaginary imaginary person here. But anyway. Um, We were in love, and Larry had asked me three times before I said yes, Um, because I was young and at first I wasn't sure, but I I loved him, but, you know, I had to really make sure we needed more time. He was in the Air Force at the time, and um, so we saw each other very few times, you know, only when he had a break to... Uh, come home, which he used to hitchhike from, um, Niagara Falls to Swanton, Ohio. He hitchhiked? He hitchhiked oh to come and see me. Wow. And yeah, that was, that's really love when you oh, sure. take that, Yeah, you know, um, but Larry was, you know, I liked him because he had a lot of respect As well as I knew he loved me very much. Anyone that has asked you three times, you know, every time he came home on leave. (laughs) And um, we didn't really worry about money or that because we were both hard workers. We'd know we'd we'd make it. We never asked for anything from anyone, our parents or anything else. We both... (coughs) grew up in uh, were taught you, you be careful with your money and you save. and we were saving a few pennies that we made because I didn't make very much. He wasn't getting very much in the Air Force. And uh, but you know our love and respect for each other has bought us through everything in our life. How about you?
1: Well, uh, after high school, I got a job, which a lot of jobs were available at that time. You could mm-hmm. get a job any any place, any factory, lots of jobs. But, you know, you, you, you have relationships with dates and girls, and so a lot of things, you know, you think about it, you, yeah you, you, you haven't gone anywhere I mean you, you you're just dating girls that you know because that's the thing to do and you you get to know different girls and uh, so it wasn't really going anywhere so at the same time, about the same time the the army started calling on me. Uh, for the draft, so i I said, "Well, that changed my life so i I joined the Air Force, and at the same time i uh, I had a cousin that sort of kind of watched out for me and give me uh names of girls the date and and that's how I met Mom uh but unfortunately, I had to go away at the same time. So, you know when you meet that one and sort of set the other ones aside, you know. And, uh, so, you, you kind of know when the right one comes along. So, all the, all the other ones I dated and all the other ones I just pushed off to the side because... This is the one, you know. So I was 24 when I got married. I, I probably could have waited a little longer. Uh, but at that time, you know, things weren't that expensive as they were today. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot, but what we had, we kept up and, and, uh, So that's that's about it. I mean, other than that, uh, life proceeds. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. after we got married, uh, we went lived in Niagara Falls while I was in the Air Force, and we lived in a two-bedroom apartment on in Niagara Falls. So uh, and then after that. Uh, in 1965, when I got discharged, I we all come back to Ohio and uh, sort of moved on with our marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: is, was that—I actually, I don't think I've ever asked you, why did you choose to join the Air Force other than the other branches? They was the ones that like called you first, or was there a reason for that?
1: Well, I got called by the Army first. Okay. They said, they're going to draft you and you're going to be in the infantry. I said, mm, I won't do that because <laughs> uh, you know instability around the when I first enlisted out uh, of the start of the Vietnam War. Yep, and it wasn't escalating that bad at that time, but it did about two years later. So I said, well, I don't want to go in infantry, but I like the Navy. I I, I almost joined the Navy. In fact, I I saw both the recruiters in the Navy, Navy and the Air Force, and so thinking about what you want to do in life, you know, you want to—I never went to college. In them days, you didn't, you didn't have to go to college to make a mm-hmm. living, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to—I didn't have the grades to go to college, quite frankly, uh, but I knew a lot. I wasn't, you know— so anyway, uh, where was I at here?
0: No, I just, I just, I, I was curious. I knew you always were in the Air Force. I just didn't know if you, you were. In why, the, you uh, in, why you chose? Why, why you chose? And I, I think it's, I think it's a good answer. I mean, it's just kind of like you,
1: yeah. Well, you, you kind of, the Air Force gave me more of an opportunity to learn something that I could learn to use when I was out of the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was. Uh, somewhat uh, about controlling planes and stuff like that uh, the Air Force taught me a lot about how hydraulics work and so I I, I knew something when I come out and I, I'm not sure if I'd have got that in the Navy but uh, so that's that's about it I got out in 65 mm-hmm. 1965
0: yeah. And so, like, it's it's interesting because like I, I think I've I've come to the in my in my head at least I've come to the consensus that it's better to get married earlier than later in life. I don't know if you guys agree with that or disagree with that. I think and this is coming from a non-married person, so who knows if I'm right or not. But like, I think generally, like I think the more because two of my best friends, I don't know if I told you guys this, two of my best friends just got engaged recently. I saw one on one Wednesday, and so do you guys would know both of them there are two guys who played football with in high school. And so like I they got engaged recently and they're both seeming to be very very happy and they're both kind of like like again kind of going into the more like traditional senses to find what is really really good about their lives and i think that they can work either way but do you have an opinion of whether one is better if you should get married earlier or married later or do you guys not think it matters
2: the only thing that uh, where i form my opinion on that is knowing the generations and how the generations have changed From when we were growing up and at the age when we were married. And I think a lot of the hesitation for marriage today is the youth today want more than we did. They wanted a house and they wanted money and they want uh, nice furniture and, you know, it's it's like... Their decisions are based more of what they have and what they want than on the relationship to me a lot of times and what's important because it's, it's when you find someone that you truly love, you can make it together. If you are together and you respect each other and are hardworking, I mean, you can't have a relationship where one works and the other one does not work. But, and I'm not talking work outside in the business world. I'm talking knowing how to work even in your home like, like together.
0: Like, yeah, like the most of, of you working yeah.
2: together, mm-hmm. no matter what you are doing. And we've always had that. I've been very fortunate. Number one, Larry has always treated me as a woman with the respect of being a woman. And... That was real important to me, that I was, to him, a woman and not just a partner or whatever. Yeah. And that he loved me, and he always helped me. When the children were born, he helped with the bath all the time, every night. When it came to when they were older, he helped in taking and me with their needs. Uh, we gardened and we canned it together. We canned lots of food together. We used to can, you know, about 400 jars of of different types of vegetables and fruit. I mean, and he was always there. I never had to do everything alone.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: When he needed help outside, I was out there raking. I was out there helping. Uh, Never mowed a lawn much because he loved driving the tractor, but I trimmed (laughs) the bushes. You know, I mean, you you just work together. It creates a wonderful relationship right from the beginning when you do that yeah and that should continue till you die
0: mm-hmm. it, it was it, i'll get to you in a second it was it's funny it's so funny you say that because like i remember <clears throat> it's not the same thing but it's kind of like the same analogy like i was looking at like houses down in austin i was talking to like my mom about it my like, mom's house is like so expensive like they have all these other things and she's like well like why do you need a tricked, a ho- tricked out house? Like right when you're starting to buy a house, it's like you can kind of buy like a fixer upper, like that's not a, a bad thing if you don't do everything else. And I'm like, well, and I, it kind of hit me in, in my head. I was like, you know, like that's really, really sound advice because it's like, you know, I think, and that's kind of a thing. It is a generational thing because like yes. ev- ev- everything like in, you know, we just kind of want to walk right into like, boom, like everything is there. Everything right. is there. And I don't know if it's an instant gratification thing or if it's another thing else, but it's like, I had to take a real step back because it is kind of like it's a it's a um, it's a social contagion type of thing where it's like you see a bunch of people they step into like these big massive houses and they have like all new appliances and new countertops and everything exactly. else and it's like well you know you you don't you don't need to really have all those things right off the bat you can no. figure some stuff out on the way and that's kind of the thing where I think a lot of people my age get lost a lot of the time right yeah yeah
2: it's even in gift giving today it's got to be big money spent for a gift versus a a a little gift was so acceptable in our day uh, uh bridal showers our bridal showers you got a casserole dish of yeah. uh, some dish towels yeah. now you have to you're expected they make a list of what they want and it's appliances uh, small appliances you know it I cannot believe the expectation of people's want today
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: really sad yeah they've lost they've lost what life is about mm-hmm. even in going into marriage uh it's not wanting it's giving and giving of yourself in a lot of different ways and i think that's i think it's very forgotten today
0: i agree with you grandpa you have a, a comment on that about marriage or anything else that was just said or well, anything else
1: Everybody' situation is different now. When, when we were young, getting married early wasn't, it was okay. You, you're not going to have anything, unless you're wealthy, you know. But,
2: uh, we weren't.
1: Uh, <laughs> what we had, we liked, enjoyed, and, and for fun, you know, we went to a, a picture show. Yeah, on mace. That mm-hmm. um,
2: yeah, quarter movie. <laughs> yeah, and
1: uh, if if the kids got a toy, they got they got a they had a box, and they put it on the floor of the room and played in the box. Well, kids today, they gotta to have a Nintendo about four or five hundred bucks uh, to play. So growing up in my area, I would never change it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's- yeah it's it, it's it's that's actually a very good point too it's like you know you guys like you guys did stuff like you guys didn't just let you get you didn't like get things you guys like did a lot of stuff like you did activities and everything else a and lot
2: of activities yeah. go go to the park mm-hmm. play baseball with the kids, play baseball in the yard, play <laughs> cards you know in the evening they all all of them knew how to play cards all of you the grandkids all know how to play yeah. cards with us yeah i those are simple things. But they're meaningful things, and
1: um, we did a lot of picnics. A lot, and of, lot pic- of picnics. Mm-hmm. To, sure.
2: Didn't go out to eat Fire. when we went out. We packed. We packed our sandwiches. Yeah. We packed, and we just took the kids in it and went. I mean, and it, those were um, memorable times. And they all remember that. They remember yeah. that when we went on a picnic, I made fried chicken. They thought that was the. They got so excited when we said picnic because that was the one time I made fried chicken from scratch, and they looked so forward to it. So it's simple when you think about it, Fried Chicken yeah, is sure. exciting. Well, it is exciting for kids who, you know, and it meant a lot to them. We were going as a family and going to have a picnic, and they were going to have their one of their favorite foods, you know. So,
1: so that them kind of things. Uh give you values
2: yeah right sure yeah mm-hmm.
1: not expensive toys mm-hmm. they, they don't give you no values television doesn't give you any values hmm it's what you're growing up with
2: and and time to talk it, uh, uh, grandpa and I when it came in the evening we got the kids to bed uh, we went on the front porch uh, in the nice weather times and just sat and talked we didn't watch tv we didn't sit and read books we talked we talked about life we talked about future we talked about kids we had conversation when we had dinner everyone at the our kids got a turn and they had to tell us about their day what they learned what they learned that day in school what they did that day in school and they had to listen to everybody until they were done talking then they got their chance to talk and tell about their day these are important to make people know you are important person and Mm -hmm. we care about what you're doing and when we sat on that front porch we cared about each other and what we were doing and what our thoughts were you know and those are nice times those are very memorable times
0: yeah was there was there i think it's kind of easy to cherry pick now like but like you know like, a bunch of, like, expensive stuff or expensive, like, things, and, like, go out and do stuff, whatever. Was that a, a big thing, too, like, back when you guys were having kids and starting your family and stuff? Were there people that were kind of doing, like, I know there's not, like, technology and stuff as much as there was back then, but was there, like, that kind of ethos and a, a lot of people, to like he a, goes
2: to own things. Oh, sure,
0: yeah. Was there a lot of that back then? Or, like, that's generally, like, I, I don't know the answer to that. Was there a lot of that back then? Mm,
2: I don't know. I didn't really pay attention, I think, okay. uh, to that. In our day too much. It, our attention was more on watching what we were doing monetary wise and to, to, to make it number one. And um, the money we got in, from our wedding, we said we were not going to touch it. Grandpa was in the Air Force at the time. You didn't get much money. And it was enough money to buy food and that was about it. Uh, pay the rent which was real inexpensive. You just got an apartment that you could that was not fancy, <laughs> believe me. and But we decided we weren't gonna to touch any of that money because that could maybe be a down payment on the house when he got out of the service. And um, so, you know, and then in the meantime, you pinch, Wendy, we did get our first home. Our, what was the, the return from taxes? Was that we looked forward to our return from taxes because we knew we could buy something that we really thought we would like, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And we bought one thing a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah.
2: But it was okay. It didn't bother us, yeah. you know, yeah. to live like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We, we We just never put our importance on that. Did we build a nice life and time and have nice things? Yes, we did. Uh, we always talked about what we were going to buy together. If one disagreed, we didn't do it. We waited till we both agreed. And um, so I think we always lived simply. We, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and um our we have a we have a good life today because we have five wonderful children and 11 wonderful grandchildren that are it's important for us that when we leave this earth that all is well all is well with our family and we see that has happened
0: yeah yeah and
2: that's a wonderful comfort Mm -hmm. in our age
0: yeah i'm sure that's very very that's awesome and i think that to to pivot a little more to what you said Grandpa maybe you can lead this question off with it but like how much did you both value I know you guys had very different you know especially like later on as like you know our you know my parents you know your guys as kids got older like you guys had very different attitudes towards this but like how much did you both value your careers I and mean, I know you talked a little bit about this you kind of well, you worked a lot of odd jobs as a kid and as a teenager and then you eventually settled into a career later in life and a bunch of things but. 'Cause I know to to more to your point, you both enjoyed working. You both had like the mindset of like you wanted to work hard at something and you knew like the value that could be brought out from working hard at something. But right. like where did like your career get valued like in your overall scheme of things when you take into relation like your life? Like how much did you value
1: your career at the end of the day, do you think? Well, uh, going into service, you know, I like I said, it taught me some things that might be of when I got out. And, uh, so I started a career of, uh, being an air traffic controller, and, uh, I valued that because, uh, uh, it was something that I could do and a lot of people couldn't do. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of, lot of, a lot of guys who, and girls, uh, that, that tried to be controllers that had no clue. So that gave me a little more value of what I was doing. Unfortunately, I got wrapped up in a uh, job. Uh, uh, what may call it? You know, a strike. And I had to give up the job. But, you know, Sometimes you learn by some of the mistakes you make. Uh, so you got to change the direction in life. And uh, so when you do that, you, over a lifetime, you, you learn to give it your all and make the best of what you got. And so uh, I didn't lounge around. Mom, mom picked up a lot of slack because she hadn't worked because she spent the first part of her life uh, raising babies. And uh, so we went on and got other jobs, and we did fairly well. And uh, so that's about it, I guess. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I,
2: I, I, I valued my job. I knew I was, a, uh, able to get out there and help when, uh, it was needed and it was needed because he had no money coming in when he was, uh, uh, let go as an air traffic controller. So I was fortunate. I went to a placement agency and, um was hired by attorneys, and then after I was there a couple years, I moved on to um, getting into manufacturing, not in the factory itself, but in as a purchasing agent, and um, I liked my job. I liked the people I worked with. It was a great place. I had a wonderful boss, and um, so I was able to continue to do that until I got ill, and um, had to quit work, and by that time, you know, Grandpa had uh, moved up to a better job, and was able to take over because I couldn't return to work. So unfortunately, but we made it back to pinch pennies.
0: <laughs> and you guys, did, you guys did it well. I think the 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 thing that's that's interesting about it is because you guys like, you guys talk about you know careers and stuff it's just kind of like a means to an end the whole thing and I think that yeah a very interesting thing with my generation I like think especially is like that is the end for a lot of people like especially a lot of young people and that might be a product of our age or whatever but I think I'm of the opinion that today like a lot of people they put too much emphasis on their career versus other things like developing strong friendships you know families m- like community relationships all those type of things so like do you, do you see that like where I'm coming from there? Do you think that's like, do you think that's accurate when I say like, you know, people like my age, you see people like are going out and just going all in on their careers and they're just kind of forgetting everything else. Cause even like today, like we were talking about it today and yesterday when, you know, me and my brother and Jacob were over here kind of today talking about it. And you were he were always kind of talking about like you, especially Grammy, you're saying like, what does your church do? Like, are you meeting people through your church? Are you doing this, are you doing everything like this. Grandpa, you said it before too, like all these other type of things. And so like, it's both important, but do you think there's too much of an emphasis on like career versus the other things for like people our age today, or do you think that's kind of an overreaction you, on my part?
2: Well, <clears throat> everybody's life is different, and you have to weigh your importance in your life. Mm-hmm. One thing that did happen to me, which I had that stood up my boss one year, I was given an award, and he said to me, I admired you because your family was more important than your job. Wow! And that was a huge, and knowing you know my boss who operated this big factory, that was and I I I it shook me up you know because I thought well oh, I didn't think he noticed, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, um, and that is true though, what he said, my family came first, not that I didn't tend to my job, but if something came up, I would tell them I have, to, I have to go, you know, this one needs help or something. And But I will make it up. I will take an extra day, come in Saturday, whatever. And I think that companies need to keep that open for employees. It's not just doing the work for them, it's to care about what situation they're in. Raising a family is not easy. Being there for all the needs of family members is a tough job. And so much of our problems the youth to me have today, families are broken. A lot of families are broken. These kids are left floating and if they're just working, you can see where that would happen. Their job is everything to them, Yep. because there's nothing to fall back on. That is that is really sad what has happened uh, to the youth today. I think the value of a marriage has really gone away on the wayside. Nobody wants to fight for their marriage. Mm-hmm. They think if something went wrong, you know, oh, let's let's just. Call it quits. What a sad thing. Instead of changing and making things better. You've yeah. got to always be able to change. No matter what, whether it's your job, your children, you've got to be open to change. That's the way I feel.
1: I, I, I think today's people put too much emphasis on their job and what they want to do. I I think that they forgot about uh, the values that a family represents. So I I think yeah they put too much emphasis on their. I mean it's it's good to go that step beyond because that's your that's your future, that's your job, but they they left family and their their marriage behind yeah uh, the kids are left behind they make, they make these they make these babies but they don't they don't tend to them they don't right. teach them nothing they 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 they're out working 10 12 hours a day when they they should be working 8 hours a day and the rest rest of the day they should be spending with their their family teaching their kids nobody teaches their kids a the damn thing today
2: and being home being home after work we saw it when we worked even setting
1: an example you know when when i worked my shift at faa uh end of the shift i went home you know where the rest of my shift went they went to a bar yeah and they sat there and drank well i went home and watched what my kids are doing we we went home. And we we raked leaves. We played in leaves, in the wintertime, time. Went down by the river and horse around by the by the water,
2: and played with them sleds and, and took them and to sledding, sledding and
1: sledding, sledding down the Cascade Hill.
2: Took them on weekends to uh, parks. parks.
1: went on picnics. That's where your values are, Sam. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's it's funny. Like we we this is kind of I want to actually bring this up because like. Every time, like, I come over, like, and we talk about, like, you know, because you guys have a lot of friends. Like, you guys made a lot of friends either. Yes. Your, your church community and, like, just local community in general. And these, I'm not necessarily talking about these folks I'm saying this, but, like, I mean, you would say, like, this random family who I've never heard of, they had this issue with, like, their, their, their things and whatever, and it was just, ended up being such a sad situation. You guys kind of touched on a lot of this, but, like... Why do you think that, because, you know, I think that it's, it's remarkable. Like I, like I said, like with the perspective I've gotten from being away and like meeting a lot of people and seeing like how broken a lot of like families are nowadays and how like how, how messed up, like a lot of people's kids are and marriages are and everything. It's like, I, like our family's really rare in the fact that like, we don't have a lot of the problems a lot of people have nowadays. And so like, I think you guys would probably have a good portion of knowledge to shed on, like, do you think, and Grandpa, you, you, I think you mentioned a lot of good things, so did you, but I think, like, why do you guys, you guys have known a lot of families that have done really well, a lot of families that have not done so well. Right. So, what do you think is the thing that makes families succeed or fail, and what do you think has made the difference for you guys and for our family in, in general? Like, do you think it's, like, kind of a lot of things you said, or is it something that, like, is more
1: abstract in terms of that type of thing? Well... Even even our kids after they got married, you know, if they were making a wrong move, we let them know about it. Hmm. We just didn't let them make that move. But on the other hand, we let them make their decisions. And uh, so you know, it all it all boils down to examples, you know. Sometimes you don't have to tell your kids if they were brought up in the right environment. They're going to see what example you set, mm-hmm. and that's what they're going to go by. It's, it's the way it is. It's a natural thing. It's the way it is.
2: I think getting, you know, taking the time always to get together on special holidays. And uh, we've gone vacations together, our families. And um, being around for when they needed help with their children when they were going somewhere or had to go to a doctor with some and their other kids were home, we'd jump in and go over there and help. Um, it's being around for each other and also having fun together, not always being, you know, uh, doing things on their own, you know. That's what's important. And our all of the five have done that, you know, um have been generous to let us now in our old age, you know, come to their place that they have in their warm areas, such as Arizona or Florida, and let us be there and their home to be in the warm for a couple weeks or a month. And um We've always never had a problem with anyone who went. We, we just went and said, sure, we're, yeah. co- we're coming, you know, and have a good time. We play cards. We don't do anything fantastic, but we talk, play cards, you know, don't go out to eat. We all have learned, you know, good to cook at home and have good nutritional meals without chemical.
1: How, and how many, thank
2: God the family all thinks that way, you know. And how many
1: times in today's family, can you you ever see them playing games in the house? Right. Yeah. That's that's non-existent anymore. Mm-hmm. When we were brought up, my dad always said, "Deal the cards." <laughs> Went to her mother's house, her her mother and dad's house. Deal the cards. Yep. Play play games, sing at Christmas.
2: Sing at Christmas, yeah. Just all wonderful it's, memory it's things. Not that way. No.
0: Yeah. Well, no. It, it's interesting because, like, you said something that made me think about, like, you know, I was, you know, I lived with you guys for a summer when I was a lifeguard, and I don't know if I told you about this, like, during all the things because I worked a lot that summer. I worked. Like, yes, 60, you did. Like sixty hours a week, at, right? At, at that place, and so I was over there and doing a lot of things, and so like what I thought was very interesting is that like. I got an insight a little bit into, and I was young, I was in college when I was doing this, when I was living with you guys, but like I was, you know, I got an insight into kind of what like today's parenting was kind of like, but it was like a weird spectrum of that because like a lot of the parents, they were workers. And so like, they would just kind of like give their kids like, here's 60 bucks, like go, you know, spend the entire day at the pool, the pool is your babysitter. Mm -hmm. And so they only knew like the really positive stuff, which is here's a lot of money, go out and, you know, get your, like feed yourself for the day. But then... Those kids, when going unsupervised, to your point, would also say like they would misbehave and they would get in trouble and they do all this other kind of stuff because they had no guide, like literally no guidance except for like you know people like me who are not their parents, like and, right. you know, the lifeguards like telling them what to do, and so it was it was you know they would go and they would you know just play with their friends for like twelve hours, say that's fine, whatever. But then they would – a lot of them would get in trouble and we'd have to basically say we'd have to hand them off to their parents at the end of the day and say like, <clears throat> you know, listen, like your your kid's breaking all these rules. You're doing all this stuff. Like they're, you got to go home and like fix this because we're not going to tolerate this anymore and we would not want to kick them out in the middle of the day. And so when we would say that to them – and this was usually like my management or the supervisor of the pool kind of saying this. They would kind of just – they the parents would go just flip a complete switch and they would just go – yelling, screaming, like, you know, like, so they only saw like the really, really good stuff and the really, really bad stuff. There was no like middle of anything. Anything. Mm And so it's kind of like, it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing. I think with a lot of parents these days where it's like, you know, they only give their kids like the really, really, really good stuff and the really, really, really bad stuff. And it's kind of just like they—they're like when you poke that bear, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get on the end of it, which is, I, it's got to be incredibly confusing for kids, I would think, today in many, many ways.
2: Well, it, it, and, the, and what causes that is the way they're spoken to. Right. I mean, I have been around some of these uh, younger parents, and what they say to their children, I never, ever said anything like that. I, there's nothing worse than downgrading a child. You pick them up, not push them down. And one, you know, it's how you yell, how... That's ridiculous. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, you shouldn't scold your children. Sure. You should scold your children. You should guide them and let them know there is going to be consequence if your behavior is not correct. Mm-hmm. And, if, and stick to it. If you say... You have to do this extra chore for what you did today, then stick to it. (coughs) Don't let your child stand there and convince you, but I wanted to go here, I want you stick to it. The only time you don't let that interfere is if there is a special occasion for that child and he is being punished. You never hold that punishment for a special dance at school. Or a special Mm. occasion that they can never, ever regain ever again. Because occasions only happen once. But the punishment should continue when they get home. So, but yeah, I do believe in a a discipline for children. And I also demand an equal balance of love. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You get one of those off balance. And it's all a child hears is negatives. They're going to react negative all the time. Yeah, That's hard to deal with, even yeah. as an adult, you know sure. yourself. Yeah. There's nothing worse than to have people be nasty to you, you know, whether you're driving or whatever.
1: How many times did you go anywhere? You, you store the restaurants. You go anywhere, and then you see an unruly child, you know? Yeah, and the mother and dad are just screaming at him. You know, well that that shouldn't have ever happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they would have been taught from the time they were in diapers to the good you know, the good things and the bad things, that child would never have, be that way. Mm-hmm. But that I can guarantee you, that child is going to be the one that's going to have his head, name in headlines down the road that he did something pollution
0: bad. Yeah, sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I it's guarantee it. Yeah. 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 I I think it's it's just it's so interesting kind of seeing like how how different everything is. And I think like going back to, you know, a lot of the stuff, not necessarily around kids, but and it could be around kids, but like kind of just difficulties in in life because I know you guys have had I mean you guys are any one of, of you know my grandparents just had like their share of fair difficulties in yes 90s. they
2: did and I think God. like I've
0: you know I think I've I've you know I've heard a lot of you know you guys have spoken on a lot of them here and I know grandma you'd mentioned your faith in one of them but like when you had to face one of those really difficult things whether it is kind of like you know moving to a new career or kind of like something with your kids or something like that who or what did you really look for as like a source of inspiration and comfort during that time? I know you'd mentioned like your, your faith and your your religion and everything like that, but like what what did you kind of lean on during times of challenge and and oh definitely else? a grandpa. Mm. We
2: leaned on each other all the time. I together. Yep, always together. I right. I don't know how I would have got through my illness that I had for twenty years if it wasn't for him. I. I am thankful every day for his support because we lost an, uh, a good size income, and for all them years that we were never able to gain back. But we we made it because of our support with each other, being careful how we did things, and and but his support and his love have been. So special to me all the time. Never has gone away.
1: Any any decisions, always together.
2: Always together.
1: Never one. I don't care what it is. Money-wise, buying what we need.
2: Going anywhere. Going anywhere. We always discuss always it in together. Both
1: of us, not one. Never, never went to bed in an argument. No. Nope. Yeah. Never. Yeah. We're, Never. When, when, like, let's just say,
0: like, I'll use my, my dad's. Use because He's my dad. So, like, like, when, like, if that was like, if you were like mad at my dad for something, for example, would that be like, would, would you, would you resolve it with him before you know everyone? They went to go bed to bed. Yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Like. If... I remember one time I have a good example with that. Oh, geez. One time <laughs> we went somewhere. We went out. we come home? And there was a broke a tiny little crystal swan that I treasured. And it was broke when we got home. And no one would own up to it who broke it. So, we talked to all of them that they should be honest and whoever had done it. And, uh, you know, everybody said, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. Uh, Five, five, I didn't do it. (laughs) So, we all go to bed and... In the morning, we find a note. I think it was under your pillow. And it was Aunt Shelley. Oh, yeah? And she wrote a letter that I'm really sorry I broke this one, and I'm sorry I made everybody else have a punishment because of what I did. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so her conscience was working. Mm -hmm. It bothered her. She couldn't go to sleep without telling the truth
0: well it speaks to that like culture of accountability you talked about like when you have that set of attitude in your kids like i mean if even if it doesn't if it's not like a right away thing like eventually it does it does create that conscience thought where it's kind of like okay i i should probably you know put this to bed and and do the and do the right thing at the end right okay that's that's interesting and i think like following up on that too like you know going through some of the really hard things and obviously you know with with your illness grandma and with some other things you guys have you guys might have had it's like do you guys think at the end of the day that you were better off or worse off for the things that happened? In some instances, do you think overall it was net positive or a net benefit or, or a net that negative? That you guys went through some of the things that you went through.
2: That, that was they were very very hard. When when he lost his job as an air traffic controller, which he was very good at, that was a terrible terrible thing, and that has still been a sore spot now even today, and. Sometimes things that happen like that in your career, you can't get over and you go on, but you don't get over it, you know, and the, um, the cruelty that caused for a lot of men, some had committed suicide over it, a lot of families were broken up over that, um, a lot of loyalty outside their homes, we didn't have it, but um, there were a lot of the men who did um, was broken, so yeah, yes, it does affect you
0: mm-hmm. yeah but it and didn't...
2: it's not easy uh, it's always there,
0: yeah, but you guys were able to overcome it though
2: we overcame it together by encouraging. Um, Grandpa, that we're going to be okay. Yeah. But did we both ever forget it and what it caused? It caused a lot of problems um, that we struggled with later, monetary-wise, you know, and um, weren't able to help the kids in their college education like we wanted. Um, They had to do it on their own by working um, during those times to be able to make it and staying at home and going to college versus away you know um, they had to find a place close enough to home
1: Here, here's a point the kids did exactly the same thing that I did when I was a young kid early early days of my life the, the depression in the, the years following it it just never developed into a a big time thing but you you always have that the kids did exactly the same thing I did Survive they went out and work they survived they've got jobs they 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 did this to survive their own help road. their career their own career so I I did something. Yeah, no, I, I was. Did something.
0: Well, I, I actually wanted to ask you about. I, I never really realized that you were really close to like the Depression era stuff. Like, I mean, that was only ten years for you. I was. You or more. It was it yeah, forty
1: three and forty two. Mm-hmm. I was born in thirty nine, so mm-hmm. I was a few years old. But I, I remember mom and dad. They went through it. You they know, they
2: struggled. I mean, they had times. His mom made. Like spaghetti with oil on it as a meal. I mean, they struggled to get food, and uh, it was it was
1: yeah. it was hard times. I remember mom making bread. I remember mom
2: <coughs> plus working,
1: and she always worked, never stopped working from the day she got married. Mm-hmm. Always worked. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we were on our own, Laura, Tony, and I. You know, we were kept busy. We had jobs. I mowed my own, my dad's lawn. I, you know, I mowed other lawns. Laura went out and worked, too, and Tony was kind of a younger age, so he was kind of just watched over, but... Uh,
2: you go on, yeah. and you do I look at best. it, and I say, <laughs>
1: you did the exact same thing I did when I was young. Mm-hmm. When things got tough, the tough got going.
2: Right. You know. You yeah. didn't cry in your milk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just uh, yeah. saying goes so.
0: Yeah, I think I think this might be like self-evident in terms of like the conversation we've had but like as you look at like, you know, you you look at your life now, it's like kind of like what is the thing that you value the most in terms of your life as a whole?
2: In terms of my life as a whole, um I value our marriage. Um You know, I value my family, all my kids and grandkids. They're the most important thing to us. And um, my faith has always been there. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. that never goes away. It never will ever. But, um, yeah, family and, you know, first grandpa and then the kids and the grandkids, we will always be there for anybody and um and they are for us too. It's not just one way you know um when I don't feel good, he pitches in and does things, and vice versa. you know you just and it's not like a chore or anything <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it just it's just that you care and you love, and love is a very strong thing. I mean, it's so easy to give. It's not hard.
0: Grandpa, what about you? What was the question? <laughs> what do you what, like? Is you, like, it, what, like, as you like, what do you value the most out of your like in life now? Like, what do you like? What do you get the most like joy and on, and value out of?
1: Well, there could have been a lot of different directions, but <laughs> we met. In the early part of 1962 and uh we've been together since we do things together everything's together you know we get emotional sometimes
0: no it's okay it's good it's good i think like i said i mean i think so it's kind of we've been yeah. married
1: 58 years and we've never strayed no yeah it was easy, could happen I mean that's that's what goes on today, yeah, you know, but you know it's just we love each other and we just you know we have arguments. But love is rules them all, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: One more, one more kind of question about like the like more younger people. Well, I guess two more questions. Like one is more like kind of pointed, I guess. But like, why do you think it seems that young people are going away from more traditional things? Because I mean, you guys speak about these things. Like you, you just said like you you get emotional thinking about like the things that have gotten you value, which the things have gotten like I said in the very beginning, like the things that have gotten people have gotten value out of a long time, like more traditional things, traditional values. And do you think? I would think the answer, and I think the answer is yes. But like, do you think that like going into more like traditional things to get meaning and value out of your life of is better than what people are doing now.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yep. wh- like
0: why, why do you think I'm generally like, why do you think that is?
2: Why do I think it is? Yeah.
0: Like I think, I think it's, it's just interesting. Well, to because they've, because...
2: they've strayed from, from uh, family life. they even if they're single and out of high school or out of college, when you are with family, and what you celebrate and where wherever you go there is a lot of strength in family unity and when you stray from that and you strictly do only with friends and whatever a lot of friends do different values than what you have yes it's good to go with them but you also we have a, a five friends five couples Uh that we have been friends for over 50 years and they are wonderful people, but they, some of them have values that I would never want to pick up. Uh And you, you sort that and you come home and count your blessings that you don't have that kind of value of, of your life. And, um, you know
1: people people today do not know traditional values yeah because something was broken down years ago we may never see that again the life that everybody's the direction the life everybody's taken now those traditional things are gone they're lost they don't know what these are I don't think they have a clue. People today do not have a clue what traditional things that were there. Like, put the kids in the front room and had a box and tape it all shut and the kids had more fun <laughs> playing in all that box than they would have had on a nice new bike. Mm-hmm. You know? Today, the kids don't know that because
2: they have to we get one
1: that or we didn't show them that we, you know uh, that big thing sitting by the wall down there yeah. that's that's a disruption of life yeah right there yeah television mm-hmm. uh right yeah we, we didn't have a TV we got our first TV oh it's probably 49. You know? And that was the start of it. If they had never invented that sucker, we would have had a much better life. All of us. You and me and mom.
2: We had uh, grandpa and grandma uh, on Sunday, I mean, because we always had to go feed cattle and milk cows or take the slop and slop the pigs um, in the morning and at night. So, in between, you know, you either help mom or dad when you were not in school. When you were in school, your chores of uh, feeding the cattle and that had to be done before you got on the school bus. But we had fun. Come Sunday, Friday night, my mother always had, we looked so forward to, we got great big thick bologna cut from a big log of bologna. Yeah. And my mom would fry that bologna and then had it on a, two slices of white bread cuz she always made rye bread or wheat bread so friday we got white bread with this bologna <laughs> sandwiches and hot chocolate with marshmallow oh my god we looked so forward to friday then it was sunday we went to church and we come home and my mom and dad put on the check records and we danced and yeah. I still remember, and my mom and dad would dance with all, I mean, there was eight of us. And we danced. It was simple. And had more, a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And
2: Dude, they taught us how to polka, dances, how to do yeah, that.
1: You probably had to ask a person to dance, if, how do I do that? <laughs>
2: well,
1: that's, that's
0: that actually, I mean, I, <clears throat> I went dancing for probably the first time in public, probably about a month ago.
1: Only time I've ever been in my adult life. And you kind of felt lost, too, right? Oh, absolutely. I didn't because know what the hell I was that doing. that is traditional that's going away. Yeah. Yep. It's, I, we went to a lot of Italian ways when I was small. Mm-hmm. And that's what people did. Tot and Taylor.
2: The Tot and Taylor, the Italian dance. Mm-hmm. And
1: later on in life, when we, when we had our own kids growing up, they had the the, the chicken dance or whatever. You call it. <laughs> yeah. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. And square yeah. dancing. Square dancing. They went to they went the traditional check dances. They dressed up.
2: Yep, dressed up. And, and then also our churches took turns. Um, first know. of all, they had school dances, you know, uh, when we were in high school. And uh, then after that, there was an organization called uh, Teens... Uh, teens for christ and the churches the catholic churches took turns every weekend to put on a dance for those that were out of high school oh really yes that is non-existent today yeah after high school they don't have a place to go today there there isn't any place other than the bar it's sad You know uh, what has happened? Well, we got drugs that got in the way, um, drinking that you know wasn't monitored, and whatever. And now you you can't. Nobody wants to take that responsibility having people get together like that. It's the Uh, same.
1: Things are getting worse.
2: Yeah, it's sad. Things are. I'm glad I don't have to live in that era that you guys are going through.
1: I would tell these people go back to the traditional values, right. traditional things. You'd be better off. Yeah. Yep. They don't know it because they, as we go on through the next generation, you guys don't know what. And you have what nowhere to go. We kids. Your your mom and dad might remember some of it, but as this goes on and on and on, today we we got major issues because nobody stuck to those church values you know like playing in got that box you know playing in a freaking box yeah but Clean they it, need
2: to get back to sandbox. to where they have a Arkansas place
1: had, I had sandboxes from the time we we I had our first home in South Amherst they had one in uh eventually on East River and then eventually got rid because they got big too big for that but uh,
2: well, you built that big thing,
1: yeah. Yeah, we had a big old sandbox out there. Yeah.
2: But, yeah, I feel I feel for youth today because they don't have a place to go. Not without going to a bar.
0: Right. And yeah. you have
2: to buy a drink when you go to the bar.
0: Or else they'll kick you out. That's right. right. Probably, <laughs> it's terrible.
2: Uh, I, it's so sad. I mean, we never had a half. When we went to a dance, there was no drinking.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: After high school, no drinking at any dance.
1: Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings, and it was monitored. Saturday mornings, our, all our kids had to, had chores. Probably going to take them all morning. Every freaking Saturday morning, the neighbor kids over there wanting to come out and play. Get your butt home and make your bed, you know. <laughs> Get home and sweep the floor, the kitchen floor. Those are traditional values. No responsibility. Yeah. Nobody, and no
2: responsibility. It,
1: They'll say, oh, hire it out, you know, put it on a credit card, you know. Yeah. Mm. Credit cards, we didn't know a doggone thing about credit cards when we, when None. we were young. Kids. None. None. Never had that. We If we didn't have the money, we didn't get it. You didn't get it. Yeah. We, if we don't have the money, we don't spend. That's that's simple. Yeah. today. Yeah, put it on your credit card.
2: So many people if are suffering monetary. Somebody's going to get a rich off that
1: credit card, it ain't going to be you. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah.
0: yeah. Hmm. So last, I know you you kind of answered this already, but like so on the, I think that was this is a big, you know, this has been a really fantastic, I think, conversation for a lot of reasons. That was the reason I brought you guys on, is because I think it's like this is the reality check a lot of we've people we've been through it Sam yeah there is nothing yeah.
1: you can't say that we haven't been through yeah I know nothing.
0: I know and that's why I, I wanted to, to do this because I think this is really really valuable for a lot of people and I think like the last thing is like if you did have advice to give them I know you said like embrace traditional values and that might be the advice you would give people but like for people listening for young people I think especially what would be the advice that you would give them to kind of you know maybe pivot away from some of the things you were harming the culture now and towards <clears throat> excuse me things that are more benefiting it to what you guys were
2: saying earlier. Love your family. Love your parents. Respect them. Help them. Because it gets tough for parents. Kids don't realize the world parents have. And it's a tough world. So be kind. Care about others. Even a brother or sister that struggles, care about that struggle they're going through. Spend time with them. You know, it's good to have friends and have friends over and whatever. We always had that with the kids. We always took time to have their friends over. Friends were always welcomed in our home.
1: Yeah.
2: And um, and they loved being there, I think, because they had rules to b- abide by also. <laughs> It was always funny, and um, you know, just just stick to family and care about others, not yourself. But love someone more than yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: What was the question? If you had advice for young people, I know you kind of—you've already answered this, so kind of. I say, I see so you don't have to give a second I answer. Have I like some you, new ideas. If you, if you, well, there you go. If you have um, if, advice for young people, what would it be?
1: Advice. Well, yeah. advice. It's hard to advise anybody today because they don't listen to you anyway.
0: Well, I don't know if anyone listens to this anyway, so you might as well you might as well throw it out there for someone to someone to catch if you have I, any. If
1: I had advice to anybody, and they were willing to listen, I would tell them, least of all, don't don't be mean. Yeah, don't be mean to anybody because it don't prove nothing. Uh, there's there's ways to love people that that isn't traditional love. It's just how you interact with people. Mm-hmm. That's that's love in disguise, you know. You 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 gotta show some direction because a lot of people don't. They wouldn't know north from south. Yeah. They, they have no direction, so they, even outside, you don't know north, you don't know south or east or west. But you put them next to you, and if you give them some kind of direction, they're, they're thankful for that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sometimes it's hard because you have a lot of hate. There, are, there is a lot of hate in this world, and, and sometimes people promote that. That's that's what they that's what they enjoy doing. Uh, it leads to nowhere. Uh, so give some direction to people, and In sometimes they way. take it, sometimes they don't. But In if they good do, way. you're a much better person for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about it, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think like I, I saw a um, a Mother Teresa quote the other day that's almost exactly what you said. It's like if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And that's mm-hmm. a really, really good advice. Yes. So I think it's um, this mm-hmm. has been this has been fantastic, guys. So I want to thank you again once once again for coming on and and I you think this something I'll definitely look back and reference and cherish for a while. I think a lot of people get a lot of value out of this. So thank you both for hopping on. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, we love you, Sam. Mm-hmm. Love you, you guys you, too. You're doing mm-hmm. terrific.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. So to the rest of the listeners. On the day. Open your mind. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening.
1: That's
2: it. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Oh, You're I forgot I get
1: it Hey, that was, no, it's, it's I mean. It... Hopping, stopping, hopping like a rabbit.
0: When I take the Nina Ross, you know I got to have it. I lay back in the cut, you tame myself.
1: Think about the shit and I think you will. How can I mix my grip? And how should I make that nigga straight?